Hello, and welcome to Eyes on Success, a weekly program covering a wide variety of topics of interest to people with vision loss. I'm Nancy Goodman Torpy. And I'm Pete Torpy. So, Pete, I'm sure you've gotten this question before. Have you been blind all your life? Well, not yet. And that was just one of the responses we got from our listeners about their personal pet peeves after we aired a show about our pet peeves. Episode number 2223, which was six weeks ago, featured a variety of our pet peeves related to Pete being a blind person navigating in a world primarily designed for and consisting of sighted people. That show elicited many responses from our listeners who resonated with what they had heard. And this week we will share some of their pet peeves and other feedback we got from them. But first, for a tip of the week. This week's tip is from Robert Shelton, and I quote, At this point in life, I really do not have that many pet peeves. Oh, I used to, but over the years, I've found that choosing to be amused makes me happier. Oh, I can still be a wise guy, but it's mostly in good fun. I guess lots of us tend to mellow out as we age, which is probably a good thing. And... Seeing the lighter side of an experience can make not only you happier, but everybody else nearby. Support for Eyes on Success is provided by APHConnectCenter.org, empowering people toward independence and success by providing blogs, information, and resources for individuals of all ages who are blind or visually impaired. Information and referral line are at 1-800-232-5463. You are listening to Eyes on Success. 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 Let's start by illustrating how one of our listeners took action and turned one of his pet peeves into a positive. This story comes from Ty Thompson. He wrote, After losing my vision, my wife went back to school and became a physician assistant. I decided to volunteer and be a sample patient for any need in the class and soon found out that the soon-to-be professionals had no idea how to deal with patients who had any type of disability. So I offered to the professors to teach a topic of how to accomplish this. They eagerly accepted, and for several years, my class grew from a half an hour to a couple of hours and even included a lab with real-world exercises. The University of Kentucky liked it enough to film it and make it part of the curriculum. The new PAs have really taken to identifying personal challenges and not assuming how to help, but asking a vital question instead, such as, how may I best work with you today? Or... Please describe for me how I can best assist you during our visit. Now, there's a brave man. Who would sign up to be a sample patient? You never know what's going to happen. But anyway, it does show you that there are opportunities to teach people about how to treat people who are visually impaired. And, you know, I believe it was the first time ever, and we've been going to doctors for years because we're not that young, we walked into some doctor's office recently, and the doctor said, 
what can I do for you? I had never heard that from a doctor before. I was really impressed. Yeah, it was great because that answer impacted what the doctor actually ended up doing. Support for Eyes on Success is made possible in part by our corporate partners. Find out more about partnership opportunities by sending an email to hosts at eyesonsuccess.net. This week's focus topic is those small and sometimes not so small annoyances that our visually impaired listeners have run into. We'll start with an experience that is probably common to all of us. Susan Gerhardt wrote, My pet peeve is those sandwich board signs in front of downtown restaurants in my tourist-friendly hometown of Prescott, Arizona. My cane runs underneath them. My elbows bump into pointed top corners. I sidestep them into other people. Now I have a guide dog who goes around the sign and encounters oncoming walkers. Occasionally, I move one out of my way, like when it's in front of their door. That reminds me of when I worked at Xerox. There was one building that I frequented quite often, and they often had one of these signs on the floor. And I'd come trucking down the hall pretty quickly with my cane, and all of a sudden, whack, the sign went flying across the hallway. And sometimes I would just pass it by, but sometimes I would pick it up and put it right back where it was so I could kick it on the way out again. And of course, if you're not familiar with this, we post an image depicting something about the subject matter of each episode in our podcast feed, also on Facebook and Twitter and YouTube. And so I had no trouble finding one of these caution signs right in the middle of an aisle at the grocery store. And on top of it, they had run out of space on the shelves, so they had stacks of boxes on the floor, so the aisle was extra narrow, and then they put the caution sign in the middle. It was perfect. Well, at least we blind people don't slip on the wet floors. We just kick the signs down. So here's an experience that I'm sure all of you expect to happen to you if it hasn't already. This came from Stan Bobbitt. He wrote, Early one morning, a couple friends and I stopped at a diner for breakfast. The waitress came over and took our orders. In a few minutes, she was back and poured us all a steaming hot cup of coffee. While we waited for our breakfast, we chatted and sipped on the joe. As luck would have it, when she passed by a few minutes later to top up our cups, I didn't have a clue she was there, and she didn't have a clue I was blind. Sure enough, just as she started to fill my cup, I reached out and picked it up to take a sip. Yep, she poured the coffee on the table. I was still clueless as to what was going on and nonchalantly sat my cup back down on the table. I guess she thought I was pulling a prank on her. And she just smiled and started to fill my cup again. And once more, I reached out and moved the cup to my face. That's right. The coffee went all over the table again. My friends were nearly busting a gut trying to hold in their laughter. I think the waitress was ready to tell me a thing or two when they finally informed her that I was blind. And we all had a good laugh. I had something similar happen to me once many years ago. I was in a line at a potluck dinner following a friend of mine. 
and I thought it was about time that they were going to put some food on my plate. So I held out my plate, and for a little while, nothing happened, and I figured, well, maybe they weren't ready. Just as I pulled my plate back, they dumped some food where my plate was, and, well, it was on the floor. So that happens once in a while. Sort of like that scene in Young Frankenstein. So what other stories do we have? Well, Robert Shelton actually submitted a pet peeve in spite of his tip saying he doesn't really have so many anymore. This apparently happened years ago. His pet peeve is being attacked by ducks while eating lunch. He wrote, I was sitting on the steps outside the office building where I work. It was a pretty spring day, and I was enjoying a sandwich and some of my favorite healthy sun chips. There are ponds on the grounds of my workplace, and with them, a whole bunch of overfed, obnoxious ducks, each with an entitlement complex. An entire flock waddled up to the foot of the steps, and then suddenly, as one, they rushed me. I grabbed my cane at first just to fend them off, but those ducks weren't fooling around. I finally had to start flailing them. About the time the flock beat a retreat, this sweet young thing walked up and asked me what I thought I was doing. Defending my sun chips, I said. But you were beating the ducks. I said, you're darn tootin'. They wouldn't take no for an answer. She suggested I have anger issues and should seek counseling. Some of those birds can be pretty aggressive. I remember being at an amusement park in Canada with our kids one day, sitting at a picnic table, and some goose came along and just swiped the hot dog completely out of our son's hands. He was pretty surprised. And very unhappy. But that was a really fast goose, and we didn't stand a chance of beating him off. Yeah, he didn't get a chance to beat the goose, did he? Later that day, as I recall, we were watching somebody doing street magic, and a seagull flew overhead and let loose, and it landed on my back. Everybody but me got a good chuckle out of that. I guess Nancy was spotted by some goose. We got another submission from Anne Foxworth. She wrote, All my blind friends groan about the following on a regular basis. You're out in public, and someone who knows you walks up and asks, Do you know who I am? That is, in my mind, bullying. Because it's a challenge or game which gives that person pulling the prank some kind of entertainment. My blind husband had the best comeback for a woman at church who asked him that question every Sunday morning after services. He put his hand on her shoulder, and in a sweet voice, he said, Jesse, I'm sorry you can never remember who you are, but the next time you forget, come and ask me. She never asked him again. I had a somewhat opposite experience when I was working at Xerox. I'd be walking down the hall, and one day... I passed one of my colleagues in the hallway, and he said in his very thick German accent, Hello, Peter, how are you doing? And I said, Hi, Werner. He says, How did you know it was me? <laughs> Which I thought was pretty funny. He had a very distinctive voice. And that happened, as I recall, pretty much every time you passed him in the hall. He had a good sense of humor. We got some other input from a Russian woman who asked us not to use her name, so we'll call her Olga. She said it really annoys her when people 
make comments to her with built-in exclamation points, like it's shocking that any of these things could be true. So, you even have a job? You cook? You live alone? This list can go on and on. Sometimes we have to go quite a ways to make up for people's misconceptions and strange perceptions about visually impaired people. There was a uh, guard when we had to go in Xerox that let everybody in the door when they showed their ID card years ago. And she was so impressed that a, you know, a blind person could even walk around. And she finally figured out that I was the budget center manager for our group. And she was just shocked that I was a manager. You know, she figured it was enough that a blind person could walk, let alone manage a group. There are a lot of preconceptions that need to get addressed. And Olga was the subject of one of those. When she was about to start elementary school, her parents sent her to be tested to see what level program she should participate in at her new school. And so they sent her to a doctor to do the testing. And the doctor just assumed that because she couldn't see, she had multiple developmental disabilities as well. But her parents knew that she was quite intelligent, and fortunately, they were proactive enough to send her to another doctor in a bigger city who, fortunately, was more willing to consider other options. And he tested her again and found her quite intelligent, and so she was able to attend a regular school instead of being put in the remedial program. Again, sometimes we have to deal with people's preconceptions and overcome that. A good learning opportunity for sighted individuals, if we approach it correctly. One listener sent us a cartoon, which was hysterical and depicted one of his pet peeves. So from Tony, we get a cartoon showing a blind man watching television and a commercial comes on. And you can tell that the audio in the commercial says, for information on low-cost life insurance for the blind, call the telephone number displayed on the screen. And of course, he had to use his assistive device. And he described his best assistive device being his wife. And I use the same assistive device here to learn about that picture. So thanks, Nancy. You're welcome, Pete. But wait, there's more. Judy Jones complains about people staring at her and or her blind husband when they're out in public. But she tries to turn it into a positive and assumes that they're curious and tries to make the situation educational. And, you know, we just ran into a situation like that a couple of weeks ago. We walked into a restaurant and there was this big family group sitting at a table right near the entrance. And a toddler in a high chair saw us walk in, and Pete had his white cane, and the kid was staring at us, and of course the parents were embarrassed. And I just naturally walked up to the kid. I said, you've probably never seen one of these before. Would you like to know what it's for? And we engaged the parents and everybody else at the table and got a couple of chuckles out of it, and maybe the kid learned something. Hopefully. Maybe that's one less kid who will crash into my cane when I come walking down the street. Adults will usually avoid the cane, but kids don't generally know what it is. 
we have heard from many blind people how much they dislike walking into walls and cracking their foreheads open. What makes you think I dislike walking into walls as many times as I do? Well, every time it happens, you come get me and I get even more experience with Steri strips. I've gotten quite good with them. You know, at one time, I thought I was the only blind person who walked into walls, hit their head, and split their head open. And heads split open very easily and also bleed a lot. But recently, I was talking to some other blind friends of mine, and they each admitted that they had many marks on their heads from very similar incidents. So I was surprised to see how ubiquitous that problem was. So I would like to recommend Steri Strips to any of our listeners who experience this same issue. They're terrific. We first learned about them one time. Pete made the mistake of cracking his forehead open with other people around, and when they saw what happened, they insisted we call the medics, and they insisted we go to urgent care, where we learned about Steri Strips. It's kind of like strapping tape, but... The medics use them instead of putting in stitches, and they work great. And apparently, it must not be a trademark because you can get things called Steri Strips from either 3M or Nexcare. And then I found if you really make big openings in your forehead, something called laceration closures, and those seem to be even more robust. The Steri Strips are really great, though, for little splits like that. You just paste them on. They're nice and flat, and they actually stay there on my head through showering and washing my hair for a few days until the little cut is healed, at which point they just fall off in a few days, and everything is fine. So very convenient. And Nurse Nancy became very good using them. Practice makes perfect. While we're talking about running around the house and having accidents— The other thing that gets to me sometimes is houses that aren't made in kind of rectangular designs, when walls are at odd angles, or in our case, what got to me recently was we have some steps upstairs that go off our entryway at a 45-degree angle, and I clipped that at an angle the other day, and it didn't wind up so well for my ankle, which is now wearing a boot. Nurse Nancy couldn't fix that one with a steri strip. No, that required some professional attention. But in the process, we learned, and we mentioned this in the last Pet Peeves show, how nice it is that people get out of the way when they see somebody coming along with a white cane. We went to the botanical gardens with some friends while Pete was in his boot, and the people there were very nice. They lent us a wheelchair so that Pete could enjoy going around the grounds for a couple of hours with us. But we learned that as nice as people are about getting out of the way when they see you coming with a white cane, not so much if you're in a wheelchair. I guess I should have taken my white cane along with the wheelchair. That would have been quite a sight. On a more serious note, we heard from Denny Elliott. Denny's been on the show talking about the legalities of service animals, and she's going to publish a book that she expects to come out in early 2023 about the guide dog experience. And we will have her on the show again talking about that. But there are all sorts of facets of service animals, both real and fake, that 
can count as pet peeves, but some of these are really serious. You know, where somebody snaps or makes a noise or calls out to get the guide dog's attention while he or she is working. Well, and I think her biggest pet peeve is that there are so many people that have these quote-unquote service animals that are providing a, quote, service to them when they don't really need them. And they're not really licensed, trained service animals, and they can be quite disruptive for other passengers on airplanes or other blind individuals with real service dogs in public venues. So she had a number of examples of those kinds of frustrations. And I think the most egregious of those was when she was online at the checkout at the grocery store with her guide dog, and the man behind her in line had his dog, and the guy turned to her and just volunteered the information. He said, my dog isn't a real service animal, but we just came back from the vet, and he isn't feeling well, so I didn't want to leave him in the car. And she proceeded to explain to him that that was a bad thing to do. He says, well, that's none of your business. But the next week when her guide dog got so sick that she couldn't work for a week and had to go to the vet at Denny's expense, all of a sudden it pretty much was her business. But the guy wasn't around for Denny to be able to explain that to him. And we have one more story to end this segment before we go on to the next segment. We heard from Maggie, who wrote, I have some friends who like to tell me how brave I am. Despite my efforts to explain that I am not brave, but just getting on with my life as well as I can, and that I expect they would do the same, they don't seem to hear me and persist. I guess they mean well, but what it says to me is that they think I'm different, not the person anymore that they have known for years, and that hurts me. Well, And that is sad. Sometimes we don't get a choice of whether to be, quote, brave or not. We just, as she said, lead our lives the best we can. Just another kind of misconception that you need to overcome in the world. Well, before we actually end this segment, this isn't actually a pet peeve, but there is a thought we'd like to leave you with. This came from Susan Gerhardt, and she suggested it's something to think about. How is vision loss like your first year of college or your first job? When you're new to any of those, you have to learn how to get around, how to learn people's names, how to get along, how to regain your confidence, all sorts of things. And people tend to think of starting off in a new school or a new job or a new town as being something positive. And wouldn't it be nice if we could all apply that same attitude to starting off again as a newly visually impaired person? You know, this is actually something that as visually impaired people, we have to adapt to many new and changing situations. And we learn to do that. And that's a great skill to have no matter what area of life you're dealing with. In a new job, you do have to learn to adapt. You have to learn new skills. In a new school, same thing. Well, like I said, as blind people, as visually impaired people, we're used to doing this. This is a skill that we've developed over our lifetimes, and it makes us particularly good at adapting to other situations. So we just wanted to leave you with that thought. 
are listening to Eyes on Success. 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 Now for this week's final item, some short but humorous items from Judy Jones again. Years ago, when pregnant with our second child, I had gone to the grocery store to shop, gotten a very nice young gentleman to help me shop from customer assistance, and we got to talking as we shopped. People, of course, are very polite. And this man asked, how long have you been in this um, condition? And I'm thinking, which condition? If I say most of my life, he'll be shocked. If I say six months, it might make him sad. So I just asked, which condition are you talking about, blind or pregnant? You know, I had a similar thing happen to me years ago. I was at a party when we first came to Golden, and inside someone's house at this party, I didn't use my cane, and I wear glasses, and I generally look at people when they're talking. So no one knew I was blind. Well, a couple of weeks later, we ran into one of the people at the party at a public event. And of course I had my cane there and he came up to me, started talking. And after a while he looked at me, he said, were you blind last time I saw you? What happened? So I thought it was kind of a funny comment. We got a good laugh at it, but he was horrified. He thought Pete had had a bad couple of weeks. So Olga sent us a number of short items, but this one we found particularly amusing. Somebody has apparently asked her if she has problems in the shower, to which she responded, yes, I need a handsome young man to help me there. There you go. Now, that could make a shower more exciting for some people. Well, those were just some of the comments we got from listeners, and we enjoyed hearing from our listeners, and we appreciate Everybody who sent in their own contributions, that was helpful. People enjoyed the first show so much, we figured you'd enjoy hearing from other listeners. If people want to send in other comments to us directly about some of these issues or suggestions for future shows, you can always get in touch with us by sending an email to hosts at eyesonsuccess.net. If you want to discuss some of these issues with other listeners and connect with other listeners, you can also join our Eyes on Success discussion email forum. And you can do that by sending an email to EOS underscore discuss, followed by the plus sign, followed by the word subscribe at googlegroups.com. So that's EOS underscore discuss plus subscribe at googlegroups.com. And in that forum, you can post your own thoughts, connect with other listeners, as I said, and it can be kind of a fun place to share your ideas with other people. So thanks again to everybody who sent in their submissions. We really enjoyed them, and we hope our other listeners enjoy hearing them. And in case you missed any of that information about how to sign up for the discussion group or contact us, of course, we'll have that information in the show notes associated with this episode at www.eyesonsuccess.net. Also, some of the people who did make contributions, who we heard about in the show, have been on the show before. And we'll have links in the show notes to episodes in which they appeared. That's it for show number 2229. Next week on Eyes on Success, we'll be talking about prosthetic eyes and anaplastology. 
Barbara Spohn Lillo is the owner and founder of Prosthetic Illusions, which develops custom prostheses for small body parts, including eyes. Both she and her daughter, Chelsea Lillo, with whom she works, are anaplastologists and ocularists. Join us as they discuss how these prostheses are made and cared for. And that was a fascinating interview we had with them about how these prosthetic devices are manufactured, how they're used, etc. So thank you for joining us this week, and we hope you'll join us for next week's episode. You've been listening to Eyes on Success, hosted and produced by Nancy Goodman Torpy and Peter Torpy. You can access the full archive of previous shows, subscribe to the podcast, and much more by going to our website, www.eyesonsuccess.net. If you have questions about anything you've heard on the show or have suggestions for future shows, send an email to hosts at eyesonsuccess.net. Thank you for listening and have a nice day.